We are ex-Overland, and over the past 10 years, my wife and I have established a business doing what we love. Throughout the last 10 years, we have built over 20 Overland vehicles that have taken us and our team around the world as we film our adventures. My name is Clay Croft, and I am the founder and CEO of ExOverland. On this podcast, we take a deep dive beyond what the camera can capture to offer you as much insight into the world of Overland travel as possible. The ExOverland podcast is brought to you by Onyx Off-Road. In pursuing adventure and traveling farther and exploring more to find the special places we're seeking, here at ExOverland, we rely on the state-of-the-art in navigation. That's why Onyx Off-Road has become our go-to digital tool to plan and execute a successful, safe experience when the team heads out for an adventurous weekend or an extended overland journey here in the U.S. of A. Use the code XOverland to get 20% off your subscription today. Okay, welcome everyone. This is the XOverland podcast. My name is Rochelle Croft. I am here with Ashley Giordano and Megan Walthall. You may recognize these awesome ladies. And today's episode is all about, you guessed it, women in overlanding. Let's get to it. I am so excited. Ashley happens to be in town uh, this weekend with Richard. And Megan Walthall is actually here in Bozeman now. Many of you may have remembered her from our solo series. You do not live in Hawaii anymore. Let's just clarify. (laughs) No. Can I just say how excited I am to have the girls back in town? Yeah, it's been a while. Hey, I guess it was, was it the, when we're like, I don't know when we were last year. I had to, I looked it up. We, we did the, um, oh my gosh, brain fart. Great pursuit. Great pursuit. Thank you. (laughs) I have solo on my mind. Yes. No worries. We did the great pursuit in 2019. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Time flies. It's nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love having you two here. So Megan just came on full time with us at X Overland. She's taken a lot of work off of my plate. And then Ashley and Richard, you're mainly with Overland Journal now. You're doing a lot of writing. You're traveling. Um, you're all over the place. So all it's awesome to have you. Yay. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to be back here again. We missed you guys. So it's nice to be back here. We miss you guys too. All right. So Megan, for each of our podcasts, we have this lovely hourglass Would you flip that bad boy? We have an hour on the clock. Yes, ma'am. This will keep us on track mostly. Nice. Okay. So let's dive in to how did I want to know a little bit about each of you for audience doesn't know. Ashley, how, how did you get started in this whole overlanding thing? You and Richard have done a lot of traveling together. If people don't know, uh, your handle is Desta Glory and they can look you up and find some amazing adventures. So I want to know, how did you start into this whole overlanding thing? So we're going back to 2013, and uh, Richard and I were working in Vancouver doing office, like full-time office jobs. I was a paralegal. He was a mechanical engineering technologist, and we had an apartment, and we kind of sat down, and we had side jobs as well. So I was doing like nutrition on the side and he was doing photography, wedding photography. Um, and we were like, we aren't really, we have no spare time. We aren't doing anything fun. And is this like what the rest of our life is going to be like? So we did one of those things where you look at your life and you're like, where am I going? What do I do? What am I doing? What do I want to do? And what do I want to get out of life? I guess. So those are big questions. And we were in our 20s at that point like kind of 
reassessing the expectations, I guess, that society has of one's life and what you do. Anyways, so we decided that we were going to go traveling. And um, initially we were going to go to India and Nepal and trek around. And I was like, I kind of want to just go to the beach and relax a little bit. So Richard had been looking into some overland blogs at the time, just randomly. And uh, there happened to be a 1990 Toyota pickup in his dad's backyard that was waiting to be refurbished and hit the road. So then we left and headed through the U.S. on the west west coast of U.S., Mexico, Central, and South America, excluding Brazil and Suriname and the Guianas and that kind of like eastern side. And then we came back to Canada and drove across Canada. And yeah, then we did the, we joined up with you guys a few mm-hmm. years later. This is a long story apparently, but um, awesome. yeah, I did some some trips with X Overland, did a solo trip up to Tech Toyak Tech in the wintertime, <laughs> and uh, recently went to Saudi Arabia and tootled around in a rental car there. So yeah, that's kind of how we got into it. We were just looking for a life change. Long story short. Or that's amazing. Short story long. I don't know. <laughs> and I have to make a comment. I've heard you guys talk about this. When you decided you were going to leave, you, you got that pickup. You kind of, yeah, Richard started refurbishing it a little bit. Yes. But then even like you just left. Yeah. Like how After long? Four months. Four months. Yeah. Okay. I think oh that's incredible. Yes. Even I think that's crazy. Like looking back, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, four months wow. is not a long time. Yeah. yeah. So I love that because so many people that I've talked to and even I fall into this trap, it's like, well, maybe in two years I'll do this thing or I need to wait until I have my truck completely built before I go on this trip. And you guys just said, screw it, we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, we were desperate <laughs> to get out. So, yeah, it was interesting. Even now, I don't think we could get ready and mobilize in four months. So, yeah, yay, 20-something-year-old Ashley and Richard. <laughs> <laughs> so impulsive. I love it. Wow. That's incredible. Okay, Megan, how did you get into all of this? Well, you might not know this, Shelly, oh. but I learned about what overlanding was when we saw you and Clay and your kids about 10, 12 years ago Okay, at Cruising on Main in downtown Bozeman. No you way. had your rig set up with your rooftop tent yeah. and we came and we're like, hey, what is that? Because we knew you from college yep. and you're like, oh yeah, this is our overlanding rig. And we're like, that's cool, but where are your kids? And you were like... <laughs> Actually, they're all up in the rooftop tent. And we were like, well, now that's a great idea. We'll keep this idea in our back pockets when we have kids someday, if we ever have kids. And then years down the road, we had primarily done like foot-based adventure. Yeah. And then we started having kids and we're like, well, this is getting a lot harder. We want to keep adventuring, but traveling by foot or like backpacking sort of thing, it's getting a lot harder. We're making it in a half mile. Before we were like, and we're carrying like 8,000 pounds of gear. And so then the idea was like, oh, you know, X Overland, like they, they do vehicle based travel. That Mm -hmm. might be a means to this adventure that we want to do. So we started doing that and it's been awesome. Then we got to go to Mexico with you guys. Brian went up to Canada and we've toted the kids all over the place and they love it. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I didn't know that that was your first introduction to <laughs> that it. Was the That's first. pretty awesome. Brian had known about it a little bit before that, uh, but that was okay. really my first exposure to like front and center, tangible yeah. example. Okay. Mm-hmm. And 
some people don't know this either, but you actually grew up in Hawaii, correct? Correct. Were you born there as yes. well? Yes. Okay. So Kauai. you've been, I mean, you're, you've been kind of an adventure family mm-hmm. forever. So that, I'd say that runs pretty deep in your blood as well, as well as Brian. He came from a family of three boys. Mm-hmm. Always out in the mountains, would live in the wilderness if he could. And same, same here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I went to it. New Zealand? Did we you guys did. travel around New Zealand as well? Yep, New Zealand and Fiji. Uh, we uh, oh, we biked Italy north to south with some friends. Cool. Um, yeah, just all these different adventures. Just having the adventurous spirit, and then the most important things that we wanted when we had kids was to not stop. Like, mm-hmm. how do we keep inviting our kids along on these adventures yes. and make that happen? Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. Okay, so there's a little deep dive into Ashley and Megan. And to where they are now. Um, I want to speak to... So we covered how to get started. Sorry, I'm reading through my notes here. Okay, let's talk about just being women in this space. Whether you grew up backpacking or just adventure travel. um, And then crossing into kind of overlanding and meshing those two. How is it overall just being a woman in this space? With It's primarily male, although... It's pretty awesome from when I started in 2010, 2011, 2012. I always say like my first Overland Expo, I think it was 2011. And I could literally count how many women were there on like one hand. And I was one of them. Wow. <laughs> I feel like there was five of us. There was probably more, but it felt like five. Yeah. And to now it's, I mean, you have like half and half at Expo West. It's been so amazing to see that growth. And so many women that are wanting to get out and adventure either solo or with their families or with their partner. It's pretty exciting. So, but there is, there are differences, I will say, because men and women are just different in general. So what are the differences you see um, as you're out there traveling? Uh, Whether that's a security thing or just feeling safe, maybe if you're by yourself or just the, I don't know, the general feeling of how that is. Hmm. Yeah. I would say I'm going to use a really extreme example. Okay. Um, so when we were in Saudi, this was a few months ago, um, they opened tourism in Saudi to all, quite a few countries back. I think it was in 2019. Okay. And, uh, a few rules have changed there. So women do not have to be covered. Uh, they oh, do wow. not have to wear, there's like a black robe called an abaya. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have to wear that. It doesn't matter if you're a tourist or not. You, there's no requirement. Um, and women are now allowed to drive there, which they weren't in the past. That's amazing. Yeah. So when we went, um, I definitely felt a difference. Like if you ask Richard how he experienced the country versus how I experienced it, Mm. um, I would say like I felt more comfortable wearing that abaya than not just because the majority of women were wearing one, um, even though they don't have to. But I think that a lot of them choose to. So um, I felt a lot more comfortable with mine on. And Richard, it was funny because he was like, the men, some of the men were maybe reacting to me, but I didn't notice. Like they would look and they would see me and then they would be like, oh my gosh, like a woman from the West, what's going on? Not like that extreme, but yeah. Um, you know, you stand Just something out you don't there, see every day. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially when tourism hasn't been open for that long. Uh, so I just wanted to not draw attention to myself really. So there was that. Um, and then 
just like, you know, in, in the U S or Canada, you can kind of like pull off the side of the road and go for a quick pee, like with, without people seeing you. Yeah. And I felt more self-conscious there because it is more, I don't know, conservative, let's say. And so finding a place to make sure that like nobody was even seeing me at all, like doing anything took a little bit more time and effort. Um, but yeah, I would say that that was, I mean, I could talk about that for like 15 minutes, you know, the, just the differences of travel as a woman yeah. there. But, um, that was probably a really, really cool experience, but there's also like, I don't feel, view it as a detriment. It's just a different experience. Yep. And I was like brought into certain situations that Richard wasn't because I was a woman, mm. like going into the kitchen and like visiting with the women in a house where he was not necessarily allowed to be in that area. So it came with its absolute benefits as well. So yeah, that's kind of like how I felt there. Yeah. You bring up a good point. So speaking to just as you travel internationally, um, whether you're male or female, there is differences in those countries. And that's why, especially for me on the personal growth front, I love going international and truly getting into overlanding because you are in the culture, you are living it, you are shopping in those stores, you're getting gas, you're interacting. And also there's a protocol that we like to have is I always say you're in someone else's house. Mm -hmm. You, I don't expect Mm -hmm. to go into someone else's house and demand that they cater to me, you know? So there's this mindset of I'm in your country, I'm in your house. There's a protocol. There's an honorable thing of how can I you know, fit in here and help you be a, be a service to you while I'm in your country. And, and the feedback you receive from locals will take you so far with that attitude as opposed to coming in and demanding respect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so that's really point. neat that you felt that and, you know, had that feeling of, yeah, I'm going to dress this way, even though I don't have to, because this is my choice and I want to honor them and their culture and where they're at. And and it got you really far. It sounds like that's awesome. Yeah, it It was a great experience. And I think I also learned, like I didn't talk to with enough women there, which I would love to go back and do so and see what their views on things are. Yeah. But, um, I didn't go into it feeling like, I think in the West we're like, Oh, well everybody over there is repressed and they're not allowed to do anything, you know, but, um, I don't know that that's 100% accurate just from the time spent there. Yeah. Yeah. Great experience. Very cool. All right, Megan, Mm. how about you? Just being a woman in this space, outdoor, I mean, mountaineering, especially Mm -hmm. with, you know, you have three young kids. My kids are a lot older. You're still in the little. I mean, your kids are getting older. (laughs) They're getting older, but they're still little for sure. And then just you yourself and being a woman in the space, how is, what have been your, yeah, your Mm -hmm. feedback to that? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So I think over the years, I have seen a shift in, in knowledge between like my girlfriends and our, our circle. And I feel like in the past, it's maybe five years ago, the reasons to say no or to not, not do an overland trip or not do an adventure mm-hmm. were greater than yes. And now it started to shift to present day because we like couldn't like all of us collectively have been able to start to gain the amount of knowledge and experience um, and hesitate to use the word empowerment, but Mm -hmm. the empowerment needed to feel confident enough to go out, especially with children. Yeah. And so for us, like, as long as I know 
that I can operate the vehicle, that I can deal with wild animals, that I can start a fire, that I can carry a kid on my back out to safety um, and, f- and feed the children, good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I've seen a big shift in that as more and more women are getting educated and then they feel like, oh yeah, I mean, I could go do that even though the weather's bad. I know how to, I know how to drive on the ice and I know how to, you know, protect myself and take care of, um, take care of my kids. They calculate the risk and they say yes, instead of, oh no, there's too many reasons now. Mm. Like, no, no, no. Now we have all the reasons to say yes. We have all the tools available. Yeah. So let's go. Mm -hmm. I love that. And just to be clear, like when you and Brian go out, he is, he is by far like you guys are a team. I've seen that. Like, it's not just like, okay, it's all on you, Megan, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're a team, but you know that if you want, Brian has something going on the weekend. You by far can take all three of those chitlins and get out there and have, and feel confident in knowing that you'll all come back in one piece. Exactly. Yep. And I do. And I think when Brian and I are together, I don't know how you and Clay are (laughs) or you and Richard, but when we get together and act as a team and take like the whole fam out, we're able to calculate risks and push them higher than we would have, uh, if we were doing a solo trip. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Uh Truth. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, that bold. Yeah, we can, we'll try that. It's okay. It's all part of the adventure. Like we're all in this together. Like, okay, well, we might get stuck here for days. No problem. No okay. problem. We're together. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> we got all we need. Like a bubble or a, like, uh-huh. I don't know when I'm traveling with Richard versus by myself, I have to pay attention to different things than I do Yes. when we're together. And I feel like we have this like couple force field, <laughs> like, you know, when we're together, we're like, we could do anything kind of. Uh-huh. So it's just an interesting dynamic that changes. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I would a hundred percent agree for sure. Although I will say when I'm by myself, I'm more willing to make choices that make me look dumb. (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to maybe I won't do it that when someone's watching, but when I'm by myself, I'm like, this took me two hours longer than this could have taken me, but I figured it out on my own. Yes. And I will do it better next time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. Yeah. That's my little tidbit of information there. Okay. So getting into the nitty gritty of women and overlanding and travel, how do our needs or your needs and desires, what's different than that from the needs and desires of guys when they're out there doing this? And you touched on it a little bit, just the feeling, the overall feeling of, okay, when we're together as a couple, like we're, you just have that safety net of, okay, I'm not in this alone. Mm-hmm. But there's also that thing, even when your partner is with you or your husband or your spouse, what are those needs that we have that they might not necessarily think about? I would say, hmm, I think it just takes less time for Richard to like mobilize generally and just like not, I wouldn't say hygiene, but like almost self-care, you know, like I'm always washing my face at the end of the day and, and like taking makeup off and that just like process, he doesn't have to deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) So maybe I need a little bit more like water, you know, or I Uh need a little bit more things sometimes. I don't know, like more clothes or more shoes. I don't guess I don't need them, but I want to bring them. Yep. Um, and then obviously they're like 
times of month things that are definitely mm-hmm. different and can be challenging on the road too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's okay to yeah. say that we're higher maintenance. And right. that's not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah I yeah. do feel definitely <clears throat> higher maintenance, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, As a team, when we go out with XO, we, we like to tell each one of our team members like, hey, what is a good morale booster that you need when you're having a bad day? What is that one item or a couple items? Is it food? Mm. Is it a hair dryer? I love, didn't you bring a hair dryer or a straightener? Straightener. To yes. South America or on oh, your yeah. trips? Well, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I yes. brought a hair dryer. I have dryer. bangs, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, mean, I don't want to go to bed with wet hair. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not good for you. Mm-hmm. And that stuff is okay yeah. mm-hmm. if it's whatever that person needs and mm-hmm. wants to have a good time. And it was kind of like, Hey, if it fits in this bag and we have in the case of a straightener, if we have the power outage for it or the power wattage for it, yes. you can bring it, you oh, know? Yes. And I think that's really important. And that goes for guys and gals that just might seem more high maintenance because we have long hair that they don't have, or yeah, that time of the month that we have things that we need to deal with that they don't have in the moment. So I think that's a hundred percent okay. And, um, I don't know about you, but I get asked the question a lot at expos or just at other events of, Hey, how do I get my wife or my girlfriend to go? and be adventurous and go with me on these trips. And so I, my first response to that is always, well, have you asked her what she's interested in? What does she like to do? Does she want to drive? Does she want to navigate? Does she like to cook? Does she not want to cook? Does she need a hotel after three nights? You know, is Mm -hmm. what are the expectations of that? And so, um, I think that's a really important thing to ask. If anyone out there is pondering that question, have the conversation of what would make this a fun trip for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's really into hiking and you're not. Well, maybe you work a day in to make sure that she gets to go on a hike she's really excited about. And the next day you get to work in something that you're really excited about doing. But are do you guys, have you found that in your travels, even with when you're with the family or with Richard or with Brian of, hey, yeah, we actually want different things when we're traveling. So we try to work that into our schedules. Ooh, we're like so similar. You guys <laughs> no, are not really. I'm we sorry, both we're like, the same person. Yeah, we're the same person. Um, we, I will do similarities. Maybe though, like we both don't like. This seems ironic, but we don't really like to do really, really long driving days, yeah. back to back to back without other activities involved. Because this tr- way of travel for us is about like getting out of the car and going for a hike or mm-hmm. a climb or wandering around a village or a town or getting coffee or like just getting out and doing things as well as enjoying being outside. Um, so I'm really grateful that both of us like that mm-hmm. and we are both kind of have the same interests. So that makes it definitely easier. Um, so yeah, that's not a great answer, but maybe you have something. Well, I think it's important to allow each person or each part of the team freedom to experiment in these different roles. Mm-hmm. So for example, I knew that I liked to drive, but Brian does too. And so I would take the navigation role in early on. And more often than not, Brian would look over and be like, Hey babe, that's upside down. (laughs) And I was like, all right, thanks. Thanks, hon. Um, And so it it kind of came into or morphed into, I, I would drive. Yeah. And then Brian would do the navigation and forward navigate us and then we'd switch and then he'd have it covered anyway. So it would be hard to screw up. So we kind of like weigh it that way. Um, and then Brian loves to, loves to cook too, but I love it more Mm -hmm. so we can kind of balance that out. Um, and then 
now we have children who can cook for us. It's even better. (laughs) But I'm with you, Ashley. Like we love to adventure and get somewhere and then have an activity associated with that, whether it's like, okay, now you get out and fish or now you go hike the mountain or now you go float this river or something like that. Um, just to have it be a more well-rounded experience for the kids. Um, and I mean, the kids will vibe off of whatever, like whatever attitude you have. And so, I mean, you can make anything fun. And if you have a long day in the car, like it can be super fun too. But as a whole, we try until it kind of like rounded out with some activities. Mm hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say too, one of the coolest things I ever heard was like Sunny and Karen from the Vega Broads. They brought. Yeah this big pack of lip gloss because they're like absolute favorite brand of lip gloss and they knew that they were going to Central America and they they couldn't find it there yeah and so they brought like a lot of it (laughs) and I thought that that was amazing because you want to be your best self when you're traveling Mm -hmm. and if if that's important to you which I get it man lip gloss is awesome like that's that's fantastic and that was important to them and they made it a priority so they could be their best selves while they were traveling. Mhm. So, I love that. Yeah. I was I liked it. You too. do you, man. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. That means lip gloss or nail polish or or not. It could be a sweet pair of boots you just don't want to leave home without. Absolutely. Makes you feel like a million bucks. Yeah. If it fits. Mhm. Bring it along. I love that. Yep. Or like a daily dip in the river. Yes. I love to like mm-hmm. just rinse off the day at the end like you wash your face. I love to just like jump in if we're by water and not forcing the kids <clears throat> or the husband to do it. But subsequently the kids usually go too, and then it's just an opportunity for everyone to have more fun. Mm-hmm. Like, and, totally. and I got clean. So when yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that brings up a good point, Megan is when you're on these trips, I, you know, more and more as even talking through this podcast, through the other episodes we've been filming, but overlanding for me has been such a personal growth thing in my life. And one of the things about personal growth, I think a key fundamental item is just figuring out what you need and who you are as a person. So you figured out, Megan, that you need that dip in the river mm-hmm. at the end of the night. Ashley, you figured out you need to wash your face. <laughs> and so I would encourage anyone out there to figure out what those things are that do boost your morale, that do make you feel better. Um, and it can, I mean, sky's the limit. Yeah, I think bringing something from home and even if it's an object or if it's a practice or something to keep consistency while you're on the road is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Just so you feel like you have that little piece of home with you can help a lot of people. Like whether you're like journaling every morning or doing yoga or going in the river or what it, it could be literally anything. Mm-hmm. Actually, that help. brings up a good point. I would say I flourish off of a general routine, whether it's a morning routine or an evening routine, so that I can look forward to, no matter where we are, this is what I'm doing. And that that helps me have a lot more fun and ease into the day of like, okay, so I start the day with... Ooh, what's yeah. your routine? All right. <laughs> okay, you want to go there? <laughs> uh, first thing, wake up, make the coffee, get the workout in. Usually it's lifting weights. If it's like you can fill the bags with sand when you're on the road um, or grab rocks. And it's like so easy to work out when you're already outside. Um, And then I do some journaling or quiet time. Then I get myself ready and I start some breakfast. What do you do in the morning? 
It depends. It depends. I've been I've been experimenting with this recently, actually, um, mm. just to create more consistency and not like roll out of bed and start work right away. Because mm. mm-hmm. I'm like, that's I don't want to do that. You know, like I need some time <laughs> to wake up. Yes. But um, yeah, most recently I've been waking up really early and going to a yoga class, which this isn't on the road, but I'm I'm wanting to transition it to the road which I've done somewhat successfully so far and then do like two pages of writing and then while drinking coffee and then you know get ready and start going into your day so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like yours yeah getting some movement in some like writing and then and coffee and then starting your day off and maybe just as importantly of what you do also what you don't do I don't check the news I don't check my email yes <clears throat> Both of those things, if I do that before I like establish my day, it just gives me anxiety. Yes, it doesn't lead to any good. Exactly. Scrolling. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of attacking the day, you're reacting to the day. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Good call. Well, you guys definitely have your lives together a lot better than I do. No, no, no. no. I I roll out of bed and I do make coffee and. You make that's, pretty coffee. That's where it is. <laughs> you make really it, nice so. coffee, though. Yeah, yeah. I think you should get some extra points for that. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> okay. We're going to touch on this because everybody asks this question. When you're out overlanding as a woman, hygiene, how do you go to the bathroom? How do you deal with stuff? And how to make... I'm speaking to partners of women. How do you make your partner more comfortable? Because that's... Mm. The more and more I talk to women who are nervous to go on a trip, it's the bathroom situation. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to go there. Let's just touch on it for a minute. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. I would it feels scary if you're sure. not used to it. Yeah. You're like, uh-oh, what if I have to go to the bathroom and we're right in a not ideal situation or place? Yes. I get that 100%. Um, yeah. So bathroom, gas stations mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. They don't have bathrooms at gas stations, but they have mosques at most every gas station. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. So I would go to, the, we would go to those along the way. Um, one thing I, I feel like I learned this from you guys is in the truck to have like your little um, grab kit, I guess you could yes. call it, with a shovel, mm-hmm. like a little fold out shovel, Yep. some wipes, some toilet paper, a Ziploc bag, hand mm-hmm. sanitizer, and you just... If you're in the wilderness, you just like take this kit with you and it's yep. got everything that you need in it. Yeah. Um, same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really handy. And also like give yourself a little bit of time because sometimes yeah. you're like reacting. You're like, I need to go now. And then you get your kit and you run and you're like, I don't have time to dig a hole now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like you can plan ahead a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then shower pouches or wet wipes or something for shower we also had the helinox i can't remember exactly what the like official term of it was but it had like a little foot pump and you could like shower with that yes which is helpful um yeah what else it is physically easier to go poop squatting than on a toilet yep and so it's it's a lot easier so it's more enjoyable once yeah. you get used to it. Yep. Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anatomy. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I like it more when we're <laughs> out and about <laughs> in the <laughs> middle of nowhere. Me about you. <laughs> yeah. 
It's true though. Dig you your do hole, you're done. Though, yeah, you do. you're like this is a nice view. I'm Absolutely. having a good time. You yeah. Know? yeah, and I think that's a big part of it. Is one for me. I you know we primarily travel with guys on XO. There's maybe one or two women, and then it's all guys. And so for me, just the pressure of not f- of feeling bad. Yes. That I have to go again, and then I don't want to slow everything down. I don't want to be the cause of the film production stopping for a certain amount of time on the road. But, um, just being able to communicate that to the guys and they're all so good about, Hey, if you need the time, take as long as you need, you know, we got to like keep things moving, but it's okay. Like this Mm -hmm. is, it's fine. (laughs) You're, you're doing what everybody needs to do. So to be able just to communicate that to your partner, whoever you're going with of like, Hey, can I have 15 minutes and I'm going to walk a mile. Cause that's when I feel secure and then the more you do it, obviously you'll, that will get better, mm-hmm. but give them space, give them time. You know, some people would have their husbands like stand by the road just to tell people like, Hey, just so you know, my wife is back there. Yes. And it's not like that situation. It rarely happens, but mm-hmm. just the security of knowing that someone's got your back mm-hmm. for the first time while this is a new experience for you is okay. Mm-hmm. I still do that. I'm like, Richard, I need you to go out on like, be the watchman. <laughs> Like, if somebody's coming, let me know, you know? Yeah, and I think it's because it's very vulnerable feeling. I mean, Mm -hmm. more than guys, it's really vulnerable for us to be in that position. And I think that's where that comes from. It's You you don't want to be vulnerable. You want to feel safe and secure. Yes. This also comes back to bringing the things that make you feel comfortable. Like, if you would like to bring one of those pop-up kind of, like... Yeah, things that that makes you feel Uh comfortable, bring it, man. Yeah, do it. And your spouse will love to bring that for you because they just want you there. Usually like they will be like, I will bring anything (laughs) to make you feel comfortable if you just come with me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And your attitude will also be directly reflected on your children. And you will know each children's threshold when they say, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. You will know like, okay, we probably have 10 minutes or (laughs) we have 60 seconds. We need to find a place right now. now. And then it can become like a more fun game instead of like, oh, this is so hard or going to the bathroom is not fun. Like, all right, okay, guys, where should we, where can we see? Like, do we see any trees? Do we need to do the like tent? Do we need like, how can we like solve this problem ASAP? And it becomes like a fun thing instead of like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's a really good point. Yeah. (laughs) Also the point you guys were talking, that's the last point I'll touch on and then we'll move on. But the point of like, oh, I found a really good view. <laughs> we we have like a contest within each other to be like, who finds the best poo view of the morning? You know, it's like, oh man, this one time I had the most epic view and just make it fun, make a game out of it. And Okay. I will show you after this podcast, okay. the view that we established <laughs> when we went horse packing last summer. Okay. I can't wait to see it. It's pretty epic. I'm going to have to up it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hashtag you will. It's going to be a thing. View. <laughs> it's if you're happen. listening to this podcast, please hashtag PooView on uh, Instagram. and Keep it G-rated. Yeah, G-rated. <laughs> That's an important disclaimer. I like that. Women only, preferably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so classy. It's going it. to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. it is what it is. It is. It's, it's part of life. It's mm-hmm. part of the conversation. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It needs it needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy so kindly, as he was going through all of our content, brought up the video I did with Jeff on how to poop in the woods on YouTube. Yeah, I've seen that for one like, a few times. I did it. Yeah. 
what, six years ago? And I was like, oh, so I can't believe you found that, Jimmy. Shelly, do you want to touch on any special devices that will help you pee? Oh, yes. So uh, I love the Tinkle Bell, and they're actually a Montana company, which is pretty cool. Um, but it's a device that helps you pee standing up, which I love. It's quick. It's fast. It um, does a really good job at being leak-proof. Practice with it in the shower before you need it. Because your body is not trained as a woman to stand and pee at the same time. Mm-hmm. So there's a little like mental thing that has to go on there. So practice in the shower before you take it out. Um, the most glorious thing about that is you can use a bottle in your rooftop tent or what? your tent and not have to get outside and go pee. It's so tool. good. So mm-hmm. good. That's what I love that part. it has a case, like a carrying case. Yes. Because I'm doing a review right now on multiple pee devices and that's the only one with a case so far. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And they have a glow-in-the-dark one. The oh. Tinkle Bell, yeah. Okay. What? Anyways. I need to order that one. Yeah. Same. It needs to be added to my repertoire. <laughs> it's good. Okay, so that was the hygiene talk. Let's... Okay, I'm excited about this one. So we have another topic here. Just the value... Let me see if I can phrase this. What is the value that you get as a woman being able to go out and know that you can overland on your own or you learn a new set of skills. Um, Megan, you touched on it a little bit of, you know, the research is there and the resources are coming and they're way more than we used to have in this space. What does that do for your inner self of this lifestyle of overlanding or anything in general that you're stepping outside of your comfort zone to go do? Hmm. You want to run with that one first? Okay. <laughs> Let me think. Yeah, it's definitely confidence building, I think. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of a specific example. Mm-hmm. I have one if you need more time. Yeah, you go. Okay. So for me, my first taste of that was definitely Morocco for the first time in 2012. And, um, you know, it was at a time in my life. I just had Eli, our third boy. And I'd been a stay-at-home mom. I met Clay when I was 15. So by that time, I was like, I had no idea who I was. Because it's so easy, especially at a young age, and you're with someone so much to just, you just kind of mold together and you're like, oh, whatever you want is fine. Whatever you want is fine. And then you have kids and you add that to the mix of you're there for them. Um, And so I was to the point in my life where I'm like, I need something so crazy to like shake me out of this funk and to just figure out what I'm actually capable of doing that I'm going to go do this crazy thing. And I immediately regretted it the moment my feet hit the ground. I was oh, like, really? uh, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? You know, which oh, I think I feel wow. I still go through that process. If I'm on a plane and I go anywhere, I'm like, what am I doing? This, why am I here? What am I doing? Why yes. did I think this was a good idea? But then you step into it and you lean into that uncomfortableness and you, I came back so much more confident I had to figure out how to do things on my own, like taking the stupid air compressor hose off the air compressor. I don't know why that's such a, took me years to figure out how to do that effectively <laughs> without fighting with that thing. It just did not come naturally to me. And so even like just conquering those skills of, okay, I just buried my truck and I by myself and my teammate can get this thing unburied in. It might take me a long time, but I'll get faster. And I did that completely by myself without outside help. Like coming home, it was such a different mindset for me to step into, 
yeah, that light bulb needs change. I'll change that light bulb like that. Oh yeah, I got that. I can do that instead of just, Hey babe, can you, can you take care of that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I still do that because it's just (laughs) easy and I get lazy, but (laughs) for me, it was definitely a a huge confidence boost. And so is anytime I go traveling or overlanding. So I haven't really done a lot of solo things, which I think is something that needs to change and probably will soon. Um, so I think I'm a more dependent on Richard than maybe I should be. However, I have had experiences where he's left for work for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this does kind of touch on overlining a bit, but while he was gone, in, I decided to take up indoor rock climbing on my own. And it was an activity that I could do while he was gone that I enjoyed and I could meet other people because mm-hmm. um, it's a very social activity mm-hmm. people are always like yeah you know approaching you at the climbing so gym want to be your partner yeah. belay partner anyway but it was something that I could do for myself and keep myself busy but it actually made me gain a lot of confidence over time because it's one of those things where you're like one day doing a five five or in the next day you're doing a five seven and then you know over time you're doing more and more difficult climbs. And so I think it definitely gave me confidence generally in my life, which was fantastic. Like I would go cross country skiing by myself when he was gone, which is fun, but also scary because I'm scared of cross country skiing on like icy downhills. (laughs) But like I could just take the truck out by myself and go and do it without him there. Which was good because I that means I can do pretty much anything if he's not there, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. That's so great. I think adventure adventure is worth chasing. Mm-hmm. And for me, when when we had kids, I knew that the experience would be that much more rich mm. if we kept going and, and we invited them along on our adventures. Yeah. Now, with that said, like Brian couldn't always go or there are days where he just had to go to the office or, you know, this thing or that thing where I still wanted to get out with the kids. And I was trying to sort through like, well, what are the blocks? What are these mental blocks that are making me feel like I can't do this? Mm-hmm. One of them was I, I was not confident in how to operate a firearm. Mm. And I knew going into the woods of any way, shape or form in Montana I, I should have one if I'm alone with three children. Yeah. Um, in addition to bear spray, of course. Yeah. And, and a knife, a good <laughs> knife, always a good knife. Yes. Um, so I was able to tackle that obstacle by, you can learn how to operate a firearm. There's so many different classes and courses around the country, um, yeah. that you can, you can figure that out and then you can have that knowledge ready to have, to empower you to, to have that rich experience. Like, okay, now we can go and do that. Mm-hmm. And then another one for me was uh, weightlifting. Mm. I I wanted with assurance that if, for example, our 10-year-old Stella happened to fall on the trail and we were four miles in and she couldn't walk, that I could carry her out and get her to safety. Yeah. And so something that I've taken really, like, really strongly in my life is to make sure that I'm strong enough physically um, to be able to tackle that should it happen, like worst case scenario sort of stuff. Yeah. And hand in hand with like, you know, the emergency first aid and CPR, like, of course, like easy to sign up and, and get that knowledge, tuck that in your back pocket and go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's really important. I love that you brought that up because it is really important to, if, 
if there's something you want to do, even if it's going out for a weekend by yourself, let's say for the first time, Mm -hmm. there are certain things that you should have just baselines, Mm -hmm. like have a med kit, but know how to use that med Mm -hmm. kit that's in your car. More than likely, you'll need to help someone else with that. It might necessarily not be for you. It's for the person you might meet that's not prepared. Or your toe strap. Or your toe strap. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Hugely important to know how to use on your own. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Like the power to help people with that thing? Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Especially here. Yes, absolutely. All right. So I would love to ask, um, you know, a lot of people, Ashley, um, they came to really know you and Richard when you did the Arctic trip, the Arctic solo trip. I Mm -hmm. (laughs) want to know. How miserable was that? (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I think, like, the days were really long for us. Yeah. And we like to be outside. And so I loved the habitat. But, like, we were just in a... It felt like we were in a spaceship all the time because it was Mm -hmm. cold. And we couldn't open the windows, which is something we just love. And, yeah, just really long days. I'm trying to think like when that snowstorm happened and we were trapped, that wasn't the best, but <laughs> I want to say like, it wasn't as cold as it could have been. Like on the way back, there was a frostbite warning. Mm. So it was actually more dangerous for us if that happened wow. a few days later in a different area when, yeah. I don't know. But the other thing about that was I was like, uh, <laughs> I had like really bad PMS the day that we, uh, got trapped on the highway yeah um I was like day one of cycle which is really hard when you're like parked out on the highway with a bunch of like truckers lined up and (laughs) you're like got cramps and you're like really emotional (laughs) so um yeah it was it was tough but I don't know it felt like it definitely made us stronger in some ways. And in some ways we were like, we can't do winter again this year, you know, like we just wanted to see some sun and, yeah. and see those green things again. After seeing that much snow for that long, it was like, we saw brown earth and like little plants and we're like, whoa. <laughs> so yeah, wow, yeah, it was, it was tough. It was challenging. We had more kind of obstacles, I think. To overcome even then on our South America trip in some respects, just yeah, the elements were more extreme and road closures and COVID happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it was challenging for sure. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone's like comes to me and they're like, Oh, you've done all this stuff, I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Ashley went to the Arctic <laughs> <laughs> and camped in winter. In winter and filmed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. If if people haven't seen that series, you can see the Arctic Solo series on our channel, and it's it's pretty incredible. The attitude that you and Richard held through the whole entire thing, even though there were really hard times. So that's it. Just speaks really highly of who you guys are and what Gosh. you're capable of. It's and what you take on. It's it's really inspiring. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it was your and Richard's idea to do this. <laughs> like no one told you to. No, you guys were like. We want to do this. Here's this idea we present. Yes. Do you approve? And yeah. everyone else in the room was like, uh-huh. I'm not doing it. for real? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, you do it. Then I don't have to. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We like to do weird things. <laughs> Perfect. It was fun. Awesome. And then 
Megan, for your solo series, I remember, I think it's episode two. I remember titling this when I put it on YouTube, but I think the title was We're Not Home Anymore. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like that was kind of your moment where it kind of sunk in. Oh, this is our home. This truck on wheels is our home for the next three months. Mm-hmm. What was what was that feeling like when you were in that space? Oh, my gosh. I felt so happy to be on the road. Yeah. So happy. Because as you know, our plans to go to Australia didn't work out. And then we were all of a sudden flung into this whole new world of COVID and restrictions. And, oh, you have a stay-at-home order. But P.S., you don't have a home anymore. So what do you do? And, (laughs) like, so much unknown that as soon as, like, our tires were able to hit the pavement, we were like, oh, thank you, God. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, we're good. The kids were good. Like, we were, like, ready to roll. And, like, that was that was home. And That's it was awesome. perfect. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Did you ha- ever have any, like, second thoughts of just, like, what are we doing? No, we had second thoughts about returning it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Serious second thoughts. <laughs> but I will, I will say, time and time again, the best family wagon that you can get for your family is a Toyota Tundra. Nice. Mm -hmm. And that's family of five. That's family five. Yes. That's pretty impressive that you have five people and you lived comfortably in that. So comfortably. With where the kids were at. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So comfortably. Yep. We didn't bring any toys for the kids. The kids brought no toys, but I mean, they have sticks and they have knives and they have rocks and (laughs) all the things. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. Yep. Nature's toy box right there. Exactly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm I'm backing up a little bit to a previous conversation. Um, so we kind of touched on it, but just feeling prepared as a woman, shifting gears a little bit as you're out traveling. Um, what does security? I get another question I get asked is like, what is what is the security like? Um, do you take self defense classes? Do you travel with firearms? Like, what is that like for you as a woman as opposed to a man uh, traveling the world or anywhere? locally for that matter. Um, what do you do to prepare for those things? Hmm. I think this would be different if I was traveling by myself. Mm -hmm. Richard and I are pretty relaxed about security. I don't know why we just are like, I definitely, I'm trying to think of like what we have bear spray and you can't bring a firearm across the border. Yep. Uh, and we don't have any, but Canada's a bit different. Yeah. So yep. it was mostly like vehicle security, like a club and tinting windows and yeah. making sure electronics were locked up in a lockbox. Uh, but personal safety, I would say like your intuition is such an important component to that. And I, when I'm walking by myself or even with Richard somewhere unfamiliar, I am more aware of my surroundings and it's kind of like this mechanism that kind of just turns on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we really tune in to that kind of yeah just using your intuition I think you can pick up a lot almost like subconsciously of what's going on around you yeah that way and I'm if I have like a purse or something I kind of have my hand on it not even in like a I guess it's in a protective way but it's like a second nature thing Mm -hmm. so I'm not even just like Clutching it. Clutching yeah. it. I'm just, yeah. I just like have my You're hand on aware. it casually, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like emitting that open, positive interaction has helped us a lot along the way. Yeah. Um, 
but I'm definitely not like, don't bring anything for self-defense. Cause I think it's important to be aware or self take a self-defense class. Yes. I think that's important. Um, yep. I definitely need to do more research in the, that area of like what to do in another country mm-hmm. if it, something goes down. Yep. Um, and we learn from you guys, like go through the process of like, if this situation happened, like what are the steps that you would take? Yeah. Because if you're running through it through your mind ahead of time, you've already thought about it. So it's already wired into your brain so you can react instead of being like frozen. Yeah. You will never fall back to, um, what's the word? There's a quote and I always butcher it, but you'll, you'll always rely on what you've done in the past. You will never rise to the occasion. That's what it is. Mm. You never rise to the occasion. You will always fall back to your training. Right. So if you've never actually trained or gone through those motions, a lot of people think, well, in that moment, I'll totally do this. That's actually not how your brain is wired. You haven't physically wired the neurons Hmm. to create those pathways that give you what you need in that moment. Yes. So that's why training or practice, or that's why they'd have you as kids do fire drills with your family. Because in that moment, when that happens, you have to have gone through those steps in your brain to wire that. I think that goes back to what we were saying earlier too, about confidence building. Like if you think about all the reasons why you shouldn't go, which there are millions of them. Always. Mm -hmm. Every day. If you take like one situation, it's like, well, what if... Richard, we're hiking and Richard like breaks a leg. Oh my gosh, I shouldn't go. But then you're like, well, I take wilderness first aid training. Mm -hmm. I understand the process of what to do and when, and you run through it. I think you can feel a lot better about being able to handle a situation like that. Yep. And he could break his leg going down the stairs from your apartment. 100%. (laughs) Probably more likely. Yeah, definitely. Cuts and scrapes all over the place all the time, so I wouldn't put it past them. But yeah, yeah. From, yeah. From what I've learned in life, the accidents happen when you're going slow, <laughs> and when life is easy. Yeah, yeah. Because That's when you're true. out and you have your adrenaline out on an adventure, you're going to be more aware. And I don't yep. know about you, Shelley, but my desire to be more prepared, yeah, changed exponentially more when I became mom versus when I became wife. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so when I like when we had the kids, that's when it really started to turn the tables for me and be like, okay, mm-hmm. stronger, know how to use the firearm. Let's yep. like, let's learn some self-defense, not for me, but to protect others. Yeah. And yeah. age. And age. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Darn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything's scarier now in my thirties, you know, <laughs> but Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't bounce back quite as quick in your tw- as in your 20s. <laughs> That's what Clay yeah. and I say. I'm like, those small injuries were really easy. I could stay up till 1 a.m. and be just fine the next day. Now, it takes me like three times as long. <laughs> yeah, don't call me after 9 p.m. I'll be asleep. Yes. <laughs> I've realized this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that was one of the best classes we ever took was before we did South America. We did a just, um, what was it? An avoiding violence class. Hmm. And I think you guys took that with us at one point too. Did you? No, I was thinking of somebody else. That'd be awesome though. We yeah. Look into that. <laughs> and that, um, just as a baseline for anywhere, I've used this every day of my life and it's basic principles of, Hey, um, look people in the eye everywhere you go. 
Don't be on your phone when you're walking. Don't look distracted. If you're pumping gas, position your body in a way that says, I am aware of what I'm doing. You're making yourself a harder target. And just those basic foundational principles I use, like I said, all the time. And those are really easy things to do. Mm -hmm. So even um, I, I was feeling really brave after my first rally in Morocco and I ended up in Casablanca for the day by myself. And I was like, I'm going to walk down to the markets by myself and go shopping because I was just feeling awesome. And I was walking down the sidewalk and looking everybody in the eye. I was like, <laughs> I see you all. They're like, and who then, is this aggressive American woman? I know. Just kidding. Your situational, situational awareness? Yes. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. And I went to the markets and I had a great time because I, by that point I had had the confidence to be like, yeah, I can go down there and I can say no to people who are trying to sell me a bajillion different things, Mm -hmm. not feel bad about it. I still didn't make the best decisions. Like I probably did things I shouldn't have done, but I was, I had a, just enough training and just confidence boost to be like, yeah, I got this, you know? Um, so I think that's important. That's a question I get asked a lot is just those classes to take. And so whether you can bring a gun or you don't bring a gun or a knife or whatever, there's just that foundational, here's how you avoid violence. And here's how you just pay attention when you're out and about. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, as women, we have, we multitask all the time and we can get so distracted so easily that it's like, put the phone away. You don't need to look at it at the gas station, lock your doors. If you are looking at your phone, um, those little things will go a long way. And part of that situational awareness, count your children. Oh, yes. <laughs> count your children all the time. Mm-hmm. Count Richard, Ashley. Mm-hmm. One. Keep tabs. Okay, he's here. He's right there. I got him. <laughs> I count the guys on our team all the time. I can't get it out of my yeah. system. I'm always uh-huh. like, one, That's two, fair. three. Okay, we're all here. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you don't leave anybody behind. No, so. Definitely no. not. <laughs> okay, wrapping up. We have a couple minutes left. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap up? Or anything we didn't hit that you think is important as a woman listening or as a guy, um, just to speak to anything in the space of being a woman in this industry. I think there's so much great change that has happened, like you were talking about. Yeah. Since 2010 for you, since 2013 for me, like Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I don't know. There's just like so much, so many more groups and communities and knowledge and training and just women in the space generally women being highlighted in the space I try my best to do that when I'm writing you do because I think it's so important and Mm -hmm. the reason why I'm so passionate about women in being in this space and being seen and heard is because when we were on the road in south central central and south america the people that were traveling that we saw were all like families huge families from France like driving a converted fire truck and like fem- solo female motorcyclists we saw a handful of those and couples and of course like men on their own but it was just like such a huge variety mm-hmm. and then when I came back home I felt like that wasn't represented on like social media or on a lot of the overlanding platforms and so I was like this is odd. So just like giving an opportunity to people to tell their stories that maybe haven't been able to in the past has been a really amazing experience for me. And I've met so many incredible solo and non-solo female travelers from all over the world. 
that are doing incredible things and they inspire me every single day. And I feel honored to be able to connect with all of them. And you guys are including that obviously too. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Megan, any thoughts? So before we had kids, I was pregnant with Stella, our oldest, and some friends of ours told us, now you can, you can go about life after kids two ways. One, they, they're the center, the kids become the center, mm-hmm. or two, you shift to, you have, you have other people in your family, but you're inviting your kids along on your adventures, you and your husband's adventures from this point on out. And that's what we've shifted to. Um, and it's so much richer and so much more fun to have kids along on your adventures. So if you can in any way, shape and form, highly recommend doing it. Yeah. And your fun is only limited by how much you're allowing. So if you're, if you're having a good time, you decide you're going to have a good time no matter what, because problems will happen. Problems always happen. But what's that quote? Adventure starts when things go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's part of the fun. And the kids will start to tune into that and be like, oh, look, now we have a flat tire. What do we do now? And then they start brainstorming ideas on how to problem solve. And like, there's so many skills to be learned personally. And then also that the kids are learning that it's just an invaluable experience for everyone. I think as kids, like, I don't really know, but I guess based on my experience as a kid, like having those um, challenges and learning how to overcome them at an early age can make you into such an amazingly high functioning adult, you know, like they already have so much experience, like nothing's stopping them because they have the confidence from overcoming obstacles. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And it's growing you closer as a family, which is tough to do these days. I mean, you can't do that if everyone has their face buried in a screen. Yeah. You know, you got to get outside. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned a couple resources, Ashley, but what are some good resources for women out there um, or people just looking to get more involved with other women communities in this space? Mm. You mentioned some Facebook groups. Yeah, there's the Women Overlying the World Facebook group. Um, what else? There's always like the Rebel Rally, which mm-hmm. you can speak to. Uh, I know like Nina Barlow does really good off road training. And I mean, I can do like some self-promotion, I guess, shamelessly, but yeah. So like I, I've tried to like create a good collection of interviews and pieces on women on Expedition Portal, both like from today and historically. So if you're interested in getting inspired by women traveling in vehicles from like the twenties or thirties or fifties or seventies, you can go there and read some articles about really incredible women doing things that were unheard yeah, of. Back it's really then. inspiring. Great Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All those women I'm like obsessed with. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, those are kind of ones I can think of, but I'm sure you guys have some at, to add to that list. Yeah. The rebelrally.com if anyone's interested in getting, um, so that's the U S women's only rally off-road navigation rally. And it is, it, I will say it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> You'll get your butt kicked in a really good way. <laughs> it's a ton of fun. You'll learn a lot. Um, but they have great resources there. And there's Facebook pages around the Rebel Rally as well. Um, I think that's it. Megan, do you have any more I'm missing? I'm, I know there's a bunch out there. There's so many out there. The only one that comes to mind for families in particular yeah. is mm. there's a Descend on Bend get together that 
so many families go to cool. that Ryan and Christina Selmeyer put on and they're just amazing people and yeah, people that we personally look up to and they put on this event that is so incredibly family friendly that it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough to beat. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Molly Mish online. There are family, yeah. American family traveling, hourless life. Mm-hmm. There are lots of families mm-hmm. traveling around that have created really valuable resources for other families that are looking to do the same. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like there are tons that I'm not mentioning. But. <laughs> Perfect. That's yeah. all right. If we think of any, we'll put them in the show notes below. Sure. All right. Well, thank you ladies for hanging out with me for an hour. We hit the hour time limit. Yes. It just ran out. I don't think we're too far over. So Awesome. Um, But yeah, I hope we get to do this again. We look forward to watching all of your future adventures, Ashley, and reading about more amazing women you find on Expedition Portal. And Megan, I'm always excited to see you. Um, Your handle on Instagram is wildbluefamily, correct? Yes. People want to watch your um, current adventures. Mm -hmm. And I'm at Exoverland and Rochelle Croft. So... Thank you all for joining us. We hope you have a fabulous day and we will catch you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps. We appreciate your support. And until next time, stay adventurous. Stay adventurous.